the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour, 5 p.m., as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. We think about the Christian experience. We try to wrap our minds around what God's grace is and what that means. And, of course, we can intellectualize this. We can attribute to grace unmerited favor. We can try to think through what this means. And yet, I have to be honest with you, in the hmm, 40 years, I guess, now that I've been a Christian, as much as I think about grace and appreciate grace and experience grace and have it touch my life on a day-to-day basis, there's an aspect of grace that I don't understand, and that's probably a good thing, because there are aspects about grace that go so far beyond, I think, our ability to intellectualize it. This holy and righteous God, in front of whose eyes we have all sinned, as we're told in Romans 3 and 23, dead in our transgressions, and yet while we were sinners, while we were yet sinners, God sent his only begotten Son to die on our behalf, that through that substitutionary work on the cross, we might not only be saved and forgiven, but reconciled unto him and experience grace in our day-to-day lives. Brian Christopher has written a new book called Simple Gospel, Simply Grace, How Your Christian Life is Really Supposed to Work. Bob, by the way, is CEO of Basic Gospel and host of the daily call-in radio program of the same name, Basic Gospel. And Bob, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Well, thank you, Craig. It's great to be with you. Looking forward to the time together. It's an important topic, I think, because um, believers, I think, of, of any stage in their walk with Christ need to be reminded of how incredible this grace is that God has shown toward us and the totality of what it means is we see Christ as that bridge between death and life and, and what it means to be reconciled unto very God himself because of his grace for us, um, I think ought to simply leave every Christian, again, no matter what stage they're at in their walk with Christ, ought to leave every Christian absolutely with their minds blown by this. Oh, Craig, absolutely. Um, Most theologians, when they get to their later stages of life, and this has been through 2,000 years of church history, you know, when asked, you know, what is the most important subject uh, about Christianity? And they always choose the word grace, um, because even if they've been Christians for 50 years, 70 years, 80 years, they feel like they've just uh, scratched the surface. 
and and grace is one of these big words. I mean, Jesus Christ is full of truth and grace. Jesus Christ is grace itself in, in essence. And when you think how big Jesus is, that's when you start to get an idea of just how big this grace of God is and how powerful it is to make us alive together with Christ. So I think it's the most important subject, the uh, most important word in the in the Bible, apart from Jesus Christ and, and the word God itself. Is it a word that we need to keep coming back to again and again and again? In other words, sometimes you, you, you hear some that might suggest that this grace is a one-time experience, that God showed his grace toward mankind uh, there at Calvary. We can uh, partake of that grace in our salvation experience, and then once one once it's done, it's done. Is, is it that way, Bob, or is it really an ongoing experience? Well, it's an ongoing experience. I say in the book, you know, once grace gets started, it never ends. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite writers is D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and oh, yes. he said this, the Christian life starts with grace, it must continue with grace, and it ends with grace. Grace, wondrous grace. You never can get away from it. And as soon as you start getting away from, you know, the grace grace of God, I find that's when things start to mess up. Um, I, I find that's when... You know, I get anxious, I lose peace, I've, you know, I have this restlessness inside. But every time I circle back to the grace of God and get a fresh look at what that exactly means in, in my everyday life, things start to settle down, and, and, and the peace of God that passes all understanding begins to fill up all the spaces in, in your mind. So I don't think we can ever get away from grace. I, I, I know most people, and Many folks uh, communicated as kind of first-grade stuff, but really it is, it is the foundation, it's the building, it's the roof, it's, it's everything about this Christian life. Your book title, uh, Simple Gospel, Simply Grace, uh, might suggest that there's a simplicity to this. And I guess it's kind of interesting because it, it, it it's simple to the degree that Scripture lays it out for us, and yet there's a level at which I don't know that we can ever really fully understand grace, can we? No, I don't think we can fully under, understand it, because it's it's really the essence of who Jesus is. And so we're ever going to be growing in our knowledge of, of Christ and growing in the grace of God and learning how this grace of God applies in, in everyday life. So it's a lifelong endeavor to grow in grace. And then, uh, you know, when we go to be with the Lord, when He comes back, when we all receive these resurrected bodies, we're going to stand as as testimonies to the grace of God throughout eternity. Uh, and boy, just when you think of that, then you realize just how powerful and how wonderful this grace really is. Break it down in terms of, of understanding um what this means when we talk about grace, um, we say unmerited favor, and uh, people might think, well, the, the, you mean like when the when the judge uh, throws out my parking ticket when I really should have gotten it anyway? Or <laughs> help us better understand that. Okay. Well, I think that's a really good question. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, you know, a judge throws out our parking ticket or uh, a cop decides not to give us uh, a ticket when indeed we've been speeding, that's that's uh, on the mercy side of the equation. Um, so that's withholding from us what we justly deserve, 
grace is giving to us what we do not deserve. Um, so grace is this very present, active word in our lives. So all of us, when we come into this world, we're dead in trespasses and sin. So spiritual death is a big problem. We don't deserve life. There's nothing that we could do to merit life. There's nothing that we could do to bring it about for ourselves. So God, in his grace, has to reach down to us, even though we were dead, and make us alive together with Christ. So that's the first aspect of God's grace. It's, you know, when you read that uh, passage, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. It's it's a gift of God, not of ourselves. Well, the whole context of that passage is going from death to life, that God makes us alive together with Christ. That's grace. He gives us what we did not deserve. And then it's this life of Christ that sustains us. So we're always in his favor. Nothing can separate us from his love. Um, By his grace, he's forgiven us of all of our sins. By his grace, he teaches us to say no to sin and to live righteous, upright lives. By this grace, he builds us up. He encourages us. He gives us a brand new identity. He helps us through trials and tribulations uh, in life, and he works within us to bring about his purposes in our day-to-day experience. So grace touches every aspect of our lives. So I, I like to say that most people think of grace as a word that covers the past, but actually it's a word that meets us at our point of need in, in the present and moves us forward. So it's a forward-moving word uh, tied to Jesus Christ, his spirit living within us. Um, that's just how wonderful it is. Bob Christopher with us tonight. We're looking at his latest book, Simple Gospel, Simply Grace, how your Christian life is really supposed to work. Uh, you might be a new believer in your faith and struggling through some of these questions, and, and uh, we want to encourage you to take the opportunity to get your questions answered. Maybe you've been in the, in the faith uh, walk for a lot of years, but there's still some things that you don't quite understand. A brief time out, back with more as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. We're visiting with Bob Christopher, the book, Simple Gospel, Simply Grace, How Your Christian Life is Really Supposed to Work. Let's talk a bit about this concept that you were sharing earlier that I I think is an amazing one, and it will help us perhaps understand a bit more about the breadth and depth of God's love for us. Um, You talked about grace and sort of the first part idea that we see it as withholding punishment. It's an idea of something that is being kept from us. So we get the speeding ticket, but the judge decides to let us go even though he knows, we know, yes, we broke the law, yes, we are deserving of this punishment, but regardless, the judge shows his quote-unquote grace and keeps the punishment from us. But the grace of God goes so much further than that, as you were suggesting before the break, Bob, because it's not just a matter of God keeping a rightly deserved punishment from us, but then it's what he gives to us in and through that. Oh, absolutely. It is, it is Christ himself living in us. 
uh, I've defined God's grace as this, God's work in Jesus Christ to make us spiritually alive and to power, empower us to live in this world as his children. So we we can't do that on our own, and that's that's where I missed it for so long, Craig. I I was trying to live out the the Christian life with the old adage, "Try harder." Every time I fell on my face, I'd get up and make promises to God, and you know I would just give it my best shot, trying as hard as I could to live the Christian life. And the harder I tr- I tried, the tighter sin's grip became in my life. And when I finally understood the grace of God as as being more than merely a covering for the past, that's when the Christian life started to make sense. That's when I really discovered how it was supposed to work, Jesus Christ living his life in and through us. And I think that's what much of the Christian world misses as far as the gospel message is concerned. Well, let's elaborate on this point for a moment. You, you mentioned, and I think rightfully so, the, the problematic viewpoint, which unfortunately in, in modern-day pop Christianity seems to be more and more prevalent, this idea of Christianity being a, like a self-help program or a self-improvement program. We hear this kind of nonsense preached from the pulpit of, of Joel Osteen. It sounds to me oftentimes like an Anthony Robbins seminar without walking on hot coals, and, and you have to pay a of course, uh, or contribute to the uh, uh, to the offering plate at some point during the service, but it it almost well it doesn't almost it outright cheapens grace and and turns what God is meaning to be this wonderful experience of as you suggest not just withholding punishment but then giving to us it it really short circuits and robs us of the fullness of His grace when we see it as just this sort of self and help or self improvement program. Yeah. God doesn't want to make us better. He wants to make dead people alive in Christ. I mean, our our old way of life was empty. Uh, Peter uh, really nailed it in his first letter when he said that life that was handed down to us from our moms and dads is nothing but an empty life. Uh, you can slice it every way you, you can, and it still comes up empty. So God sent Jesus to put an end to that old life and to raise us up with him so we could walk in the newness of life. And that newness of life is a life lived by grace, through faith, in Jesus. Um, And we really have to learn to embrace that simplicity. And, And here's where the difficulty lies, Craig. Faith is a foreign concept to us until Christ comes in our lives. And then we start to discover what a life of faith is all about. So constantly from, you know, Genesis through Revelations, we see these reminders. Trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Those who put their confidence in the Lord, those who believe the Lord, that's the one thing that God is looking for from us, a heart that believes him. And in that faith, 
all kinds of incredible things happen in our day-to-day lives. But why is it that so often, Bob, we wind up getting bogged down in fear and in guilt? And it, it, it becomes, I, I think, of we see this every once in a while, some of these extreme sports programs on TV. And you watch these guys go in white water rafting, and all of a sudden they're heading down, and they think they're having the grand old time. And then all of a sudden the, the torment of the water overcomes the, the raft and overcomes them. They might find themselves suddenly out of control and running off the edge like you're about to head, you know, right over the the edge of the, I don't know, uh, Niagara Falls or something, and, and suddenly you become absolutely overwhelmed by fear and guilt, just like the guys get overwhelmed by the torrent of water when they get out of control. How, how, do, you, how do you go about extracting yourself from that when the flow of the current is so fast? Well, Craig, that's a great, uh, that's a great point, and, and boy, a beautiful an- analogy there as far as fear in our lives. Um, you know, fear has to do with punishment. That's how John connected it in his, his first letter, and he says, perfect love cast away that fear. And if we're really going to grow in grace and embrace this new life that we have in Christ, we first have to settle that forgiveness issue. We have to recognize that the blood of Jesus actually did take away our sins once and for all. Um, that is, I think, one of the most critical truths that, that we need to latch on to and really take our stand upon. And that's the fact that when we receive Christ, we receive forgiveness of sins. Um, Paul said it twice, once in his book to the Ephesians, once in his letter to Colossians, that in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So the question is, are you in Christ? And if you answer yes, then you can ask, well, what do you have according to these passages? Well, it says redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, the question that follows that is, do you really believe it? Do you really believe that right now, at this very moment, you have forgiveness of sins? And that becomes the real issue. If I struggle right there, that's when fear can take hold of my life. And we're going to pause on that point. When we come back, I want you to share with our listeners the uh, uh, Binaka story. I think it'll, it'll paint a nice picture that will ideally illustrate the challenge here, particularly in that sense where sometimes we struggle with the notion that his grace is insufficient for us because we see ourselves as being unworthy and unlovable. And there's nothing worse when we end up getting caught. We'll come back to more of the conversation with Bob Christopher as this edition of Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Simple Gospel, Simply Grace. Bob Christopher, my guest on this segment of Lifeline. And uh, Bob, as we talk about the struggles that we often have with this notion of uh, feeling unworthy, unlovable, sometimes uh, just feeling uncomfortable with the fact that we feel this sense of fear and guilt, uh, you've got a great story in the book about uh, your experience as a young man uh, with um, Binaka, which I have to be honest with you, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, I remember that. didn't even realize they still made it. <laughs> but tell us a bit about that story. I think it, it ideally helps illustrate this point. 
Craig, it, it was uh, an experience in seventh or eighth grade. I got involved in a shoplifting gang, and we would go into drugstores, and, and we would just steal things, things that we didn't need. And one of those things that we stole quite often uh, was this little breath freshener spray called Banaka. Well, one night, uh, Friday night, I spent the night with my friend David, and we went out and went to one of those stores, and we stole some Banaka, and we stole a lock. Why? It just for the challenge of it, I guess. And uh, so we came back home, and you know, I went home the next day, and as as things would have it, David's mom went into his room and started cleaning up, and he and and she found the lock, and she asked David. Uh, where'd you get this? And uh, he said, well, we stole it. And, you know, he just, he just, he just caved like any person would. And, uh, you know, as moms do, um, you know, she dug a little deeper and, and David told the whole story about, you know, Bob actually stole it and we got Banaka too. And so she, uh, you know, tried to figure out what to do. And then she picked up the phone and called my mom and uh, that next Monday, I was delivering papers. Uh, I had skipped out on my band band rehearsal. I was a truant, so, you know, I'm a thief and a truant. And, uh, you know, Mom's not real pleased with me. And uh, she says, get in the car. And I'm like, no, it's a beautiful day. And finally she says, Banaka. And I was just done. I unraveled right then and there and knew I had been caught. And, you know, I could just imagine the punishment that was coming my way and uh mom and dad decided they were going to take me back to every store that i had stolen something from and i was going to get in front of the manager and confess what i had done and they were going to leave my punishment in these managers hands and fortunately for me they were lenient and just required that i pay back uh pay them the money for the things that i i stole which i did um, but that didn't relieve my guilt because I knew, you know, my sin held something with God. And at that point, I just walked on eggshells wondering what God was going to do with me. I knew punishment was just around the corner. And that fear just overcame me in such a way that every time I sinned, I felt Jesus left me. And so I had this formula. I'd confess. I would 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 ask God to forgive, and then I would ask Christ to come back in my life. And I probably prayed 500 different times during my teenage years for Jesus to come back and live in my life, because I didn't know what he had actually accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. And finally, I went to a Bible study, and the teacher started explaining Colossians chapter 2, when you were dead and your transpasses and sins, he made you alive together with Christ. He forgave all your sins. And that forgiveness just poured over me, just washed over me, and finally I rested in the finished work of Jesus. And that fear of punishment went away because I knew Jesus had taken my punishment for me. And in exchange for that, he gave me his righteousness. That's a pretty good deal. That's what grace is all about god giving to us what we do not deserve but because he loves us so much he was willing to send jesus to take our punishment for us so that we could stand in his presence as righteous as jesus christ himself 
Let's get to some calls. We're going to head over to uh, Lee in Palo Alto. Lee, come on in with your comment or question for Bob Christopher. Oh, that Banaka story was wonderful. I think uh, probably a lot of people could identify with it. I sure could. I remember beating myself up for years. But one thing that I wanted to ask, and I don't know how to ask it without sounding kind of like uh, expecting too much, um, or or putting a demand on God, which would be like a sin in of itself. But my question would be, when you know you're forgiven, when you know that it's finished, how do you um, somehow experience God's grace? Not, not like the everyday grace, where we have our health, we have the sun, we have our needs and whatever, but God's unmerited favor on a day-to-day basis with Him actually walking with us. Um, I I don't know if I asked that right. I just I'm yeah. not talking well, I think about. I, I'm, I'm following what you're saying there, uh, Lee. As as far as how we experience the grace of God, I, I think the first way we experience it is 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 by resting in His finished work. You know, most of us are are tense inside, we're anxious inside, because we're not sure if God really loves us or not, or if God has forgiven us or not. And when we finally come to that point and recognize that the work has been finished, we experience this sense of rest uh, inside of us. So that's the first way we experience it. And then we experience it... um, by the Word of God becoming strong in our lives and and us learning to say no to the temptations uh, of of this world and the temptations of sin. We recognize that what the world has to offer is just empty. And so I think we see a, a sense of victory in our lives as far as the world is concerned. And then I think the third way that we experience the grace of God is is by really getting to know the heart of the Father and learning to see the world through His eyes and people through His eyes. And we get so caught up on you know, in morality and trying to make the world a better place, but God sees people's hearts, and He and He sees people in one of two ways: you either belong to Him, or you're still lost and dead in sin. And when we see it from God's perspective, then our hearts start to melt, and we want to reach out with that gospel message. So the the grace just gives us, um, I, I think, deeper insight into the very heart uh, of of God the Father and what His love is all about for this world and the people that we shoulder uh, with every single day of our lives. Does that help, Lee? Yeah, it does. It helps greatly. I, I remember in the Old Testament where you had these people that poured out their hearts to God, like Hannah, who couldn't have the child, and, and when she was in the temple with Eli, and, and she just poured out her heart. And, and God gave her the grace of answering that prayer. And I think the third one, because I, I know in my case I, I know I'm saved, and I'm in the Bible often and around other believers, but I want to see the, the, the Holy Spirit type, um, uh, how can I put it, like answer to prayer more than just, in, in our area, maybe it's just this area, it seems like there's a lot of Christians, but we're kind of impotent. Well, I think you're, I think you're right, because... Um 
you know, our greatest asset as far as believers are concerned is, is a knowledge of God. We really know what God is like because Jesus Christ has, has made that known to us. You know, when we see Jesus, we see the Father. And so as we grow in our relationship with Jesus and as we grow in our knowledge of who he is, I think we're going to see our hearts melt toward the world in a way that we want to reach out and and connect those people to the love of Christ just as we have been connected to the love of Christ. So just uh, just make it your prayer that, Lord, I want to grow in your grace. I want to grow in, in the knowledge of who you are. And I guarantee you that's a prayer he will answer. And you will see that being answered in time. Very helpful. All right. We appreciate your call tonight, Lee. I guess part of this, too, is, is, is the ongoing struggle that we have with the flesh, Bob. Um, we, we, at a level, because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, recognize that we are in need of, of forgiveness. Um, we recognize that we have sinned and offended a holy and righteous God, and, and yet it's difficult for us sometimes, once having had his grace extended to us, to fully accept that, embrace that, and I guess at certain levels um, even learn uh, the concept of forgiving ourselves as much as God has forgiven us. I, I got a kick in your book. You make reference, and this I think shows the, the level at which mankind struggles with this, that Stanford University here in our backyard actually has something they call the Forgiveness Project. Yes, yes, they do, and, and they're trying to figure out if forgiveness is really an essential part of, of well-being and health and, uh, you know, normal relationships, and they're discovering that that's, that that's the case. Um, but, but they spend a lot of time on this idea of forgiving ourselves. And, and it's interesting when you, when you scour the Word of God, there, there's no place there where God says you need to forgive yourself. What he does say is stand firmly in the forgiveness that I've given you in Christ. And when you recognize that, then you're able to let go of the past. You're able to let go of those things that you've been dragging around in life for years and years and years. So when, when we stand firmly in what Christ has accomplished, that's when we can really forgive ourselves and let go of the past and fully embrace um, the resurrected Christ here and now. Bob, we sure appreciate the time and the book, Simple Gospel, Simply Grace, How Your Christian Life is Really Supposed to Work. The new book, by the way, published by Harvest House and available at Christian bookstores throughout the Bay Area as well as through Amazon.com and uh, Bob's website, too, Simple Gospel simplygrace.com. And there again is Bob Christopher, host of the call-in radio program, Basic Gospel. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Pain. Most of us, especially as we grow older, experience it. Pain accompanies injuries, overexertion, and the deterioration of the neck, spine, and certainly pain frequently accompanies arthritis. We typically accept pain as a normal part of aging, mask it often with pills, and then try to move on. But are pain and aging inextricably tied together? 
Next, some answers as we welcome you to Healing Habits with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. Or information available by going to healinghabitsnow.com. Dr. Duong, let's talk about this issue. There's a new study out that reveals 50 million Americans on average suffer from chronic pain. For many people, this chronic pain is disorienting, distracting, and quite frankly, robs them of enjoying a full quality of life. Yes, there's so many people are living in pain and they don't seem to have the solution. So now we're going to talk about the solution because I believe the body can heal itself. The powers that create the body heals the body from the inside out, the healing inside us. And we will see how we can do the right thing so that we can diminish our pain so that we can live a better quality life. That's why I'm here. When we talk about pain, walk us through, if you would, some of the indicators of where most chronic pain tends to originate. Where is its source? There's always a pattern of pain. If it's coming from the lower back, if you have ever have experienced low back pain and you did an X-ray or an MRI on your lower back, where is it going to be? 90% of the time, it's usually it's going to be L4, L5, L5S1. Herniated disc, bulging disc, stenosis, foraminal encroachment, tingling numbness in your feet. That's the, some of the, the symptoms on that. That's a lower back, right? How about in the neck? A lot of neck problem right now. The reason is because of technology. Computers bending the neck forward. Yeah, right? we're all like this all the time, hunched over our cell phones. Uh, the neck, and then how, um, like uh, the cell phone, the computers, reading, studying. Where's the location? If you have a neck problem and you take a next way, where's it coming from? There's the pattern, like I said earlier. The pattern is going to be C4, C5, C5, C6. Symptoms, tingling, numbness in your hands, headaches. So there's a pattern of the problem. Now we need to figure it out why are those an issue? What can we do to minimize their problem? Uh, minimize the degenerations, like this, like I said earlier, disc herniations, bulging disc, arthritis on that uh, C4, C5, C5, C6. What can we do to fix the problem? And of course, it's not just limited to lower back pain and upper neck and shoulder area, but oftentimes people are dealing with debilitating knee pain, maybe from an injury, could even be a sports injury from when they were in high school years and years ago. And other types of pains too, doctor, that I would suppose are associated with things like um, autoimmune disease, arthritis, things of that sort? Yes. Uh, Let's go back to the knee first. The knee, again, People have knee replacement. The doctor said there's bone on bone. Uh, there's degeneration. Usually, another way is there's a pattern again. The pattern is on medial meniscus. That's being degenerated. Arthritis on that area. So we need to figure it out. Why is it causing it? Two things that cause that issue. The first is going to be there's more loading on the medial meniscus. So that's why it's degenerate faster. There's arthritis and medial bone. There's arthritis in the bone. So medial meniscus, so we need to find, figure out the mechanic, why is it deteriorated so younger people can start preparing for this and prevent the knee replacement so that's, that's the pattern so we need to figure it out and then we will talk more about like what's the cause of the problem so there's two things, it's the, the loading force that I'm talking about, that degenerate herniated the disc um, degenerative disc and arthritis in the bones Okay, that needs into the stenosis 
of the the problem in in the, in the vertebrae in the spine, and the, on the knee is going to be the medial meniscus. So, and then also that's one thing. The first thing that's causing pain is the, the loading force on that uh, disc area or the meniscus area. What's the second one? Is the inflammation. The inflammation that's causing your body to irritate that joint, irritate the disc. Now the disc it will degenerate faster. An example is going to be rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune conditions. That what is the autoimmune condition leading to inflammatory process? The inflammation will degenerate the joint better and faster for you. So, what we need to do is that we need to solve that problem, solve the loading force problem. Okay. Let's talk a bit about why this is happening because so often we, as you're suggesting, are suffering because of bad posture, bad habits. But oftentimes, too, isn't there a sense of bad treatment here? We probably all know individuals, maybe even ourselves, we've gone to doctors, we've sought medical treatment, we've been given prescriptions for pills, maybe up to and including recommendation for surgery. And yet, in spite of everything that seems to be done to try to address chronic pain, most people never seem to get better. Why is that? You never solve the problem. You never solve the problem to fix the loading force. You never solve the problem to fix the inflammation of your body. That's why the body can continue deteriorate. Like if you have like a disc herniated disc, bulging disc, if you have like injections, temporary is blocking the pain. What's the next thing? The next step is going to be surgery. You cut off the disc, but what happened to the rest of their loading force? They're still loading force happening on that same area. So people have surgery, what's the next step? It's going to be fusions. That's, you never solve the problem, solve the loading force first. Solve the information so now the patients can return their health back to normal. Today, a look at healing habits in studio with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. More information available by going to healinghabitsnow.com. So oftentimes, let's use, for example, the case of arthritis. People that are suffering from arthritis, most oftentimes a doctor will prescribe anti-inflammatories, yes. pain pills, yes. and people say, I marginally feel better, but my, my range of motion is gone, and my ability to enjoy the things that I did, to, to have the kind of hobbies that I used to have completely disappear. Now, here's an exception. Let's give a listen to a testimony by one of your patients that suffered from this very issue, that of rheumatoid arthritis. I came to Dr. Duong. August 5th of this year, due to the fact that I've had rheumatoid arthritis for 22 years, along with low thyroid, and haven't really gotten any results from the regular medical field. So a friend of mine referred me to Dr. Duong, and the improvements that I've had in less than two months is less pain. I have a lot more energy. I am sleeping through the night. My meds have been decreased by half. I am now losing weight, and I feel great. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about Dr. Duong for other people to know that he teaches you how to make good changes that will help your body to heal itself rather than putting a Band-Aid on it like most doctors He loves to help people, teach them so they can be healthy and whole. And I wanted to also say that in the two months that I've been going to Dr. Duong, I've had more positive gains in my health than I've had with a rheumatoidologist in 22 years. 
So I highly, highly recommend people that are not getting the result with their regular doctor to see Dr. Duong. He's wonderful. Doctor, that's an amazing story of a patient of yours that was suffering from another maladies, but most certainly, and one that's very common as we age, and that is rheumatoid arthritis. And as she indicates, she'd seen other physicians, no answers whatsoever. Um, yours, of course, has been a very different approach. Let's talk a bit about what exactly you're doing that's different from other specialists. I focus on the natural healing. God gives us the power to heal the healings inside us already. We work with this healing and go and work on the basic so the body can heal. The first thing that we do is to reducing the inflammatory process on her system. Autoimmune, RA is what? Rheumatoid arthritis. We know that's autoimmunity. Your immune system is attacking the joint. That's why there is pain, inflammation in the, the system for sure. How do we know for sure? Genetic testing. So we did genetic testing to find out the issue, the inflammatory process, the detoxification can lead into an um, issue that um, affecting inflammation as well. So we know where is the issue coming from scientifically, understanding the inflammatory process, give her a natural solution for the inflammations. Okay, you need to listen to what I have on the previous recording, like how to take care of the inflammatory process how to take care of, of, of your health. There's two ways that you can take care of it. The first is the structures. You have to take care of the structures, work on the structures, this, the human frame. And the other one is diet. How do you fix your diet is if you know for sure, is through the genetic testing, we, now we know uh, for sure when to give you the right supplement at the right time for the right condition so now the body can function better. So proper diet, proper exercise, proper habits, really, as one of the key effects that allows you to begin to encourage the body to heal itself. And then as you're suggesting, specifically looking at not just what the symptoms are and treating the symptoms, essentially saying, let's mask it, feed them a bunch of pain pills, but really getting to the root cause of why is this individual suffering the deterioration, suffering from the pain, and then attacking it right at the root cause. We need to find out the root cause and then go back to the basic. The basic is working with your body. For example, my patients, is I always train them the basic is what? Breathing. When you breathe, you oxygenate your blood. You make your blood more alkaline. You need your body to be more alkaline. So the breathing techniques, the exercise, eating right, do the genetic, I'll coach the patient what supplement they, they can take correctly, accurately, for sure, because we have that available. That's a way that we help the patients. So whether you're suffering from neck, shoulder, upper back, lower back pain, knee pain, arthritis in the joints and hips, or other autoimmune diseases and their accompanying pain, why not call today and find out how developing healing habits in your life can literally lead you to a life free from pain? At the present moment, Dr. Duong is offering a very special offer for our listeners. It's a special consultation, a $287 value for just $47. That's right. You heard me correctly. Dr. Duong offering a $47 consultation valued at $287 for the first eight callers who qualify. Right now, pick up the phone and call 510 
510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Or information available by going to HealingHabitsNow.com. That's HealingHabitsNow.com. Or call 510-818-1668. And this is really an amazing offer, doctor, for the first eight callers to come in for a complete checkup consultation, an opportunity to really get an understanding as to what is underlying this pain, the debilitating lifestyle, and then hopefully get to that root cause and get people back on the road to good health and healing habits. The healing habits work on the basic. You have to work on the basic so that you can create a habit so you can get rid of this pain and enjoying life. So get on the road to good health today. Call 510-818-1668. Be one of the first eight callers to qualify, and you'll receive this $47 consultation, a $287 value for just $47. 510-818-1668. or information available by going to HealingHabitsNow.com, HealingHabitsNow.com. <laughs> 